0: welcome to the second episode of what are you learning john mayer and myself will talk this week about uh question asking and the power of asking questions and we will also uh john's going to flesh out a little bit more about the ecological approach to coaching so let's dig right into what are you learning all right we're back so travis what have you been learning yeah, I feel like this is one of the things that I have been journeying with for uh, a long time, and I just it just keeps popping up, and so I keep diving into it. The power of questions, and so uh, one of the things that that I just keep seeing over and over is there is one there's power in a question, and two I think that power gets released when somebody answers a question. And so I am learning in, in, in reading a ton about this sort of genre of things of like how we think and our and 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 how we process and how we learn. And uh, a couple a couple of things I'm seeing: one, uh, we have the same, we have very similar thought patterns pretty much every day. What am I going to have for lunch? What time's practice? What drills should we do during this part? Of, you know, it's just it's we don't vary too much, but. When somebody comes and asks a question that, um, that forces you to almost hop neural pathways, like get out of the regular, what time's practice, what time do I go pick my daughter up, you know, those, and it forces you to hop that neural pathway and in, in, in think out, quote unquote, think outside the box. The value in, in being forced to answer a question sharpens you. So as a question asker, for me, the better questions I can ask you, John, the better and sharper you're going to be. So I think it's an it's a, it's a, it's a interesting dynamic of when I ask you good, thoughtful questions, it forces you to think in ways that you're not normally thinking. It really challenges you. And also, the flip side of that same coin is I think you not only get sharpened, but I think you feel valued by me asking you a thoughtful question so it's a win-win all the way around you get sharpened you feel valued i i probably put change in your pocket so i'm just seeing the multitude of ways that questions asking good thoughtful questions taking an interest in somebody else being really curious about somebody else it's it's such a win-win
1: now i'm feeling the pressure about the question i asked jeez (laughs) (laughs) i know there's nowhere good i can go no um, No, I guess the first thought I was thinking was, you know, I guess, what are some of these questions you've seen asked that are out of the kind of regular, what are we eating? What are you like? Yeah. What have you seen that coaches do or or what do you do? What sort of questions that that kind of get people thinking a new way?
0: Yeah. Well, I think what we're doing here, the genesis of this podcast, that what am I learning is such a a powerful question. Because again, I'm taking an interest in you. I'm generally curious, John, what are you learning? You, on the other hand, have to go through like your process. You got to think through, like, man, what am I learning? Sometimes it's right off the tip of their tongues. Other times it's like, what am I learning? And again, the, when 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 you ask that, it sh- it it forces them to think through that. And then when they start to articulate, um, I forgot the guy's name. A, a guy uh, that's with the Cleveland In- uh, Indians, Hennessy's the last name. He made this comment. The one doing the talking is the one doing the learning. Hmm. So when I ask you a question and you're going to share with me, like a couple of weeks ago, you talked about the ecological approach to coaching. Well, as you articulated it, and you knew it by the way, but I think it sharpened you even more because you were forced to figure out how do I answer this question? How do I describe that? That helps you. So when I ask you, what are you learning? You have to think through, and then you have to, to, to share with me what you're learning and i'm learning obviously but you're actually doing as much learning if not more than i am because you're forced to articulate hey this is what i'm working on and this is and you've probably seen it john you ask somebody a question and dude you can almost see them light up as they share maybe it's about their family or their kids or maybe it is what about your learning or your team you can just see people light up and they get animated and they get fired up to sh- That's the power of a question. It just I I think it's so powerful in multiple fronts. So that's one example of a question. I don't think it has to be like some deep, like nuanced question. Oftentimes one one question that was asked of me a while back and it just it was it was really powerful. What's your what's your biggest challenge lately? Hmm. It just forced me to think. What what I don't think that, you know, I don't wake up every morning and was like, man, what was my biggest challenge yesterday? that Mm. question did something to me and it forced me to think through and I had to process and then I had to articulate. And at the end of the day, I was, I was a little sharper because of that.
1: Yeah. No, as you said that, um, I, I, as I've been going through some of the stuff I've been learning, I, that's what I want. I want people to ask me questions so I can articulate it. Like I want to be talking about it a lot so I can really work through it. And I feel like sometimes I've been just stuck in my own head (laughs) going nowhere with it, but yeah, I, I could definitely see the value. As you you were talking about it, I think of the traditional role of a coach as, you know, you know, I have the answers and I tell people how to do things and what to do. And I guess I'm sure there's still a place for that, for speeches, for answers. But what would you see as like the, you know, if this is even possible, like the right percentage of, you know, when the coach is talking, um, you know, and I'm a player in your program, how much of it is, what percent is questions? What percent is feedback? You know, how would you divide it up?
0: Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. I I, maybe I would answer the question this way, that um, we have a ton of room to ask way more questions. I, d- I, don't, know, I don't know if any of us coaches or teachers are going to err on the side of too many questions. I think, I think that's going to be really hard for us to do because I think our general standard mode of operation is talk at them. Um, and so we probably need to just constantly think, nope, ask more questions, ask more questions. And by the Mm -hmm. way, this isn't what I'm talking about, but stories are powerful too. So ask more questions, tell more stories, ask more questions, tell more stories. Yeah. So,
1: so it's, it's, it it makes sense. And it's, it's, you know, I can see the benefit. Um, it seems like the most common thing would be to ask questions of others. Do you see the same value in, maybe writing down these questions or asking these questions out loud to yourself.
0: Yeah. One of the biggest, uh, one of my biggest growth areas is I have been writing And uh, one guy, a guy, my name is David Perel talks about he's, he his quote, something to this effect. I'm going to, I'm going to get the main idea of it, but I'll probably butcher the quote that um, you really find out how much you don't know when you start to write out what you think, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I start to write out, and, and, and whether it be you know, uh, something that I want to talk to a coach about or an idea that I'm working on, when I start to write it out, it is amazing how much it reveals to me that I don't know it that well. Like I need to look more into it. I can't, you know, it's hard to, I'm a rambler. It's hard to ramble on a computer or on a notebook, you know? So it just reveals mm-hmm. to me how much I don't know. So I think um, if, kind of to your point, asking yourself the question and, or just processing it on a, um, on a computer or on, in a notebook can be really helpful to show you the holes in your thinking or your thought process. Okay. Enough about me and my questions, although I'd love to make this all about me. Uh, yeah. What are you working on? What are you learning?
1: Well, yeah, I'm still, um, I mean, I'm definitely always trying to learn new things, but still just trying to dive deeper into this principle and motor learning of the ecological approach and, and yeah, just kind of the, um, the application of it right there. I, I think I've, you know, for a while read the, read the theory and read how, um, you know, you're supposed to do it, but then really trying to figure out how to apply it and, um, give players, uh, the right mix of, um, opportunities to problem solve and opportunities to take on challenges. And then, but then also still trying to figure out, you know, how can I, how can I, as a coach, you know, make sure I'm involved in inserting myself, um, and, and, and helping out when, when helps needed. So yeah, I guess a little bit kind of trying to figure out what is my role as a coach, um, in, in the new kind of the new direction I've been going in, in practice, um, so yeah, I guess that's what I'm still working out. And clearly, I, I don't know what the heck I'm doing because I'm rambling now. But yeah, that's kind of been uh, what I've been thinking about.
0: So what is your role? Have you, have you, do you have any clarity on, all right, here's here's my role when I step daily onto the practice sand. Here's my role.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think there's a couple things. I think it's um, identifying the why, I think initially when I tried this approach, I would throw out a challenge. Um, we're going to raise the net, you know, we're going to make this new challenge and, 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 uh, and that was it. And just good luck. And so spending a little more time explaining like why we would add this challenge or why it would be, I talked about, you know, when we talked a couple of weeks ago about serving flat, like, why is it worth, you know, putting yourself in these uncomfortable challenging environments and trying to embrace it. So ex- explaining more, you um, why it's worthwhile in investing? Um, I, I at first didn't want to do that because I was really trying to not give away answers. But I think you can you can explain why it's important without saying how to do it, right? I'm not saying like this is how you can do it and this is what to do. I'm saying hey, here's you know here's a part of the game um, that's really important to to winning, and and here we're creating this this environment, this drill for you to go explore. And it seemed like once I started doing that more, the investment was a lot higher. Um, so yeah, I guess that that's one role. Um, yeah.
0: So just to, if if people didn't listen to the the last or our first episode, you were having them serve between the net and a rope that was a little bit higher than the net, trying to get the serve to go as close to the net and as low as you can. Mm-hmm. So just to create uh, almost like a yeah, just create. What would you say? It's like easier to it's it's harder for the the uh, passer to.
1: Yeah, it's going to get on them faster. Like it yeah. goes up high and you know, loopy, then the, the passer has more time to respond. Gotcha. So, yeah.
0: so you're saying that um, instead of just getting all the ropes and all right, go serve between it, you're saying give the, the why. Here's here's why we're doing this. I'm not going to tell you how, but here's the why. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And some, some of them are evident. Some of them you don't need to. I mean, it's sure. pretty clear. Uh, but I, I, another thing I think I've learned as a coach is not to assume. Um, I think I've assumed a lot, like oh, of course they know what I'm thinking, or of course um, this drill is obvious. Um, so I've really tried to get away from that. Like I'd rather be clear and maybe um, over-explain, and maybe for a senior they've heard this a couple times, but I think it's better to not assume and, and to explain. And um, I, and to go back to like your original question of what's the role of the coach. Um, I, I think another, I mean, there's lots of things, but another one is. Um, I mean, what we've talked about a lot, just the relationship to show that you care mm. where it's not just like, oh, you're really like suck at this challenge. Like, I'm, you know, I put up this, this rope and like, you're bad at it, you know, or, or, you know, kind of being judgmental or, um, but yeah, kind of checking in like, oh, it seems like you're frustrated. Like, you know, this, this is like an identifying, like, this is really hard. Like I get it. Like, you know, we, we put that rope in a tough spot, stir it under. So just so you know, this is hard. And, uh, it looks like, um, you know, you're frustrated, you know, what do you want to do? So again, it's not, not the feedback isn't what my feedback before would have been back to the, you know, the fundamentals, how to move. Um, and I would have had this kind of ideal picture of what they are supposed to do. And now I'm allowing them to find that picture or that, that movement, um, and just trying to keep them on track and, and show them that I'm, you know, we care about them and we're here to support them. And, um, so, yeah, I guess it's, uh, a little bit of a different role. Um, and then every once in a while, I think you got to step in and, and maybe give a cue that's helpful. Um, and, and what I've been reading on is using more analogies. We talked about before being more external. Hmm. So, um, for example, like, uh, one of the things that's pretty valuable is to dig the ball when you dig the ball in defense. So the other team hits it and you're, you're trying to, we call it digging it. So you dig the ball, um, especially in the sport, I coach in beach volleyball. If you dig it low, um, we play two on two if you dig it you're gonna you're gonna hit it right so if you dig it low it's pretty hard to uh, your setter to run and set and it's hard for you to get a quality swing mm. and one of the points of dig, digging the ball is so you can get a swing uh so we used to talk about you know their fundamentals you know um a lot like you know your your hands and wrists got to do this and you you know you got to follow through with your platform this way and so we just try to use more analogies and one we were using with a girl that was helpful to get her more external and it's like, uh, you know, let's pretend like this, there's a glass ceiling um, right at where the antenna is, and you're going to try to shatter that ceiling. And so anytime she went to dig the ball, she she wasn't, she, again, she wasn't thinking internally. She was just trying to shatter the ceiling. Um, so, yeah, we were able to give her a cue that was helpful when because she was, you know, you, you notice as a coach when someone's really struggling and stuck on the same problem, we, you know, we'll try to step in and give them a cue that's helpful.
0: What is the, wh- when you're, when you're watching, again, we're just going to use the serving example. You're watching a, a gal serve and she's serving and she keeps hitting into the net or over the, over the string and just can't get it. And she's kind of getting frustrated when you are watching that. Um, how much are you thinking through their psychology? And is it a, is it a skill thing that they just need to work out with their body and movements and kind of and how much of it is a confidence thing? Like, I'd be curious what the role of psychology plays in this ecological approach to coaching.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what the ecological approach is. I could say my opinion. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's the right question. I mean, of course, it depends on the player. Sure. It, it, so I think that's a big factor. And I think the better you know your player, the more you can tune in to the psychology. You can see, like, are they themselves or are they... Uh, super frustrated and i mean a couple things like a dose of frustration is probably a good sign it means you're probably on the right thing because <laughs> it's challenging and and uh and they are really trying to figure it out and they're not able to so i think that's that's okay but it, it, there's a, a level of frustration that could be you know debilitating where they're just in the dark and lost so i think that's when you want to step in so it's kind of fun you, you know and that, that can be hard some players they can really hide it so it can be hard to tell others it's like super obvious Yeah. So I think that's really important. You, and if you're not sure, I think you step in and check, Hey, what what are you feeling? You know, and and just sometimes there's the, you know, the idea you name it to tame it. If you just say, I'm frustrated, then it's out there and I'm aware of it. Okay. All right. Yeah. It looks frustrating. Um, you know, what do you want to focus on and just kind of getting back to steering their focus? So, I mean, I think the psychology is is super important. Um, so yeah, I think that's the coach can, can help there and guide there for sure.
0: Okay. So you've been doing this all fall, correct? Yep. Yep. Okay. So all fall and your season is in the spring, like competition wins and losses, stuff's on the line in the spring. Yeah. What are your thoughts? You get into the spring, you're playing a a match the next day you're practicing and you've got three of your better players that are working on these drills that you're trying to kind of step back and let them figure out some things, but you also got a game tomorrow that You'd like them to be confident. You'd like them to feel good about what's going on. H- have you thought through, how do you navigate that idea of like, we want to prepare them for competition, but I also want to create an environment where they're having some success that can carry over. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. I think that's the, that's the million dollar question. Um, I think the way I'll try to answer it is, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think you would again see like more improvement right in that moment if you step in and gave them more feedback and, and maybe that's for that athlete in that moment that's what you want. But I know this that if you did that the next day in the match, um, in most sports, they're they're not going to get that same thing from you. and, and I, I think we've all seen the player who after a mistake, they turn and they solve the problem by looking at the coach and they want their approval or their answer and to me that that seems like a really fragile athlete that seems like someone who yeah doesn't have um, the self efficacy doesn't have the ability to to take on whatever you know that team is bringing all these challenges and trying to bring out your weaknesses so if if you train them that way that they have to solve a problem through you i just think you're you're in trouble so it, if you allow them to work through it and the way they've learned to solve problems is through their own abilities, I think that's going to be a more resilient athlete. I think even though you might not have seen the improvement, and they might have not got down the fundamental quite the level you wanted, and that hurts. I mean, that's you know not ideal. I'd rather have someone who's maybe not as fundamentally sound, but they're resilient. They know how to solve problems, and they go they they rely on themselves and not not you to you know figure things out. So. But I think, I think you're onto the right question because that, that's the big, you know, this approach is like, how long are, can we sit back? Like how long, you know, okay, okay, this leads to learning. But if it's six months from now, then like, what are we supposed to do about it? So I, I don't know the answer to tell you, but that's that's my my shot at it.
0: Yeah. Do you, are you communicating to your athletes on, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm working on as a coach. So if I'm over here and I'm not, constantly chirping giving you tips or whatever don't think i've checked that like did you get all your your athletes in the know on what you're working on
1: yeah i mean especially this semester because it was such a change um my assistant coaches pushed me to do it (laughs) i was ready to just go oh yeah they'll figure it out we'll just go in but they were like hey they're they're gonna be really confused so we started the semester with like a little whiteboard presentation and I felt like, Oh yeah, that, you know, we covered it. And then we got back after the first week we got back feedback from all the players and it was like, Oh, they don't understand this at all. <laughs> so mm-hmm. then the next week I did it, you know, I kind of took a new route and tried to explain it more. Um, I brought in, um, I drew some, like kind of some, some of the literature, some of the studies, some of the benefits on the board. And it seemed like after that second one, they really bought in. And of course I offered like, I, how much does a 19 year old want to go into like motor learning research? Like probably not that much. Uh, So, so I don't want to, you know, it's like, you want to find that right balance, but for all of them, like, Hey, I'm in the office. I'm I'm happy to go through the studies. I'm happy to read through some of the literature with you guys. Uh, And a couple took me up on it. um, And then most of them didn't. So I think, but I think it's important. Um, I, I wonder if moving forward, If we'll have to do it as in depth that's what i'll be curious to see if that's like more of how our culture is right this is what we do i'm sure i'm sure especially for new people we will a little bit but i think especially this year with um the change we made it was really important to do that and i could have i think i could have done it better faster
0: what spurred you on to, to like what was the catalyst that got you going down this road
1: well probably a little bit quarantine um more time on my hands. Um, but I, you know, if, if it wasn't good, good stuff or if I didn't believe it was beneficial, then I would have gone a different route. I actually really fought it. Like I fought it for, um, uh, I was like, no, this is wrong. This is like this is, cause it was different from what I'd done. Um, I was lucky, you know, through the coach your brains out podcast, we have had some people, um, they're really helpful. So a guy named Andy Bass who works with the pirates, he's a, a PhD and, yeah. um, we would zoom kind of what we're doing, you know, Hey, what do you learn? And, and we'd zoom every week all through quarantine. And he, um, eventually like broke through. And then from there you kind of start to network and I'm, talk to more coaches and found a guy named Casey Kreider who's pursuing his PhD. And really just the, um, I mean, the studies are nice to read, but it was more the people. Like I think this format of zoom and reaching out to coaches and, and scientists and uh, professors, like all of that, that's what really, um, started to make sense in my head, but.
0: Dude, good stuff. I want my daughter to play for somebody like yourself that, that <laughs> is always pushing the limits and is good to treats athletes well, but challenges them and doesn't, isn't the, yeah, lets them, lets them fail, teaches them resiliency. I love it. I love what you're talking about. Yeah. Real quick, before we finish here, a couple things. One, thank you so much for listening. I am grateful if you would uh, rate and review Uh, the Coaching DNA podcast. I would be honored and grateful for that. Uh, The second thing, if you're interested in my consulting business, uh, I work with coaches um, and try to help coaches win in all areas of life. Please go to KingdomCoachingTW.com, KingdomCoachingTW.com. Thanks and have a great day.